All right, release the Kraken. That was excellent, Micah. That was beautiful. So glad everybody's here. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm the pastor of Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. That's where you're located currently. And I'm really glad you're here. And the person to your right and the person to your left is really glad you're here. Um, got a couple announcements for us before we uh, begin. And one of them is... Actually, I should probably record on the podcast. It's for, what's the day date? September 25th, 2021. 26th? No, it's the 25th. It's the 26th? Okay. I've been off all week. Um, that reminds me of a good story. Um, what was I saying? Oh, podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Announcements. Next Saturday, 1 p.m., Phyllis Smith's Memorial. Um, Come celebrate, uh, saint uh, of the Lord. And next week, it'll be World Communion Sunday. Um, so make sure if you're making bread to get it to Sharon. Isn't that what I'm supposed to say, Sharon? You still there? No, don't even say that. Okay. Bring it here and hold on to it. And also, that box thing's going to be starting. What's the name of that thing? Operation Christmas Child. We're going to start doing the box thing. Operation Christmas Child next week. And then also, we're going to have soup after the service. As a selling, you get these mixes. If you, you come and taste the soup, and then now you'll know what you're getting people for Christmas. You know, mixes, it mixes in a jar. Also, stewardship season's coming up. And if you want to share up front just for a little bit about what God has been teaching you about tithing, about giving back to the church, talk to me after the service. And we'll give you like a moment of just sharing what God's been teaching you. Um, also, putting together a new members class, and we're going to do it a little different. We're going to do it on a Saturday, October 23rd. If you're not a member of this church and you want to join Look at October 23rd, 9 o'clock, probably till like 2. We'll give you breakfast and lunch. Um, I'm doing that for a couple reasons. One of them is I get exhausted on Sundays. <laughs> and so I preach and then teaching about the church. I'm just by the end of it, I'm like, I kind of like people. I'm not sure. Let's pray about this. Uh, so we're going to move it to Saturday to keep the pastor healthy and loving people. And uh, it, let's try this. Uh, it's, uh, one of the, and then October 30th, uh, everybody knows what that is, right? Shrunk and Shriek. Okay. Carrie, you're doing your job. You hear everyone in here. Even the people who have never been here were like, Trunk or Shriek. Okay. Let's, uh, let's rise and stand to our feet if you're able. And I'll call us to worship using Psalm 24, verses 6 through 8. We can praise God over and over that he never left us. God wouldn't allow the terror of our enemies to defeat us. We are free from the hunter's trap. Their snare is broken, and we have escaped. For the same God who made everything, our creator and our maker, he himself is our helper and our defender. Let's sing How Great Thou Art together.
Okay, and at this time, I'd like to welcome all the children up to the front for today's children's message. I've missed you guys. Where have you been? Good morning, good morning. Who here likes to read? Show of hands up. We got got a reader. Do you guys like to read? Good, good. Books are often filled with amazing stories that take us to far off places. Let's go around and share some of these books that you guys like to read, if you are willing. Raise your hand and you can say it out loud. I saw one over here. (laughs) Is that a hand raise over there? No? Okay. In In the crowd, I thought... Les Mis. Okay. Eb, do you have a favorite book? Mama. Okay. The Giving Tree is a good one. Good Night Moon. Yes. Those are all good. Do you guys, nothing, nothing ringing a bell? Okay. We like to read, but we don't have a favorite book. Got it. So if you don't have a favorite book, that's okay. Books are great because they can teach us things and tell exciting stories. And as I have mentioned, actually I didn't mention it, but I do love to read too, just like you guys. And one of my favorite books have actually changed my life. This book right here. What book is this? Thank you. The Bible. Yes. It's a life-changing book. Um, Everyone says God's word. And the Bible is the greatest book of all time. It contains God's words. And they're helpful. It's helpful to lead us, comfort, and instruct, and encourage us. Unlike many of the other books we read, which we've heard from the audience, um, that tell us some make-believe, some true stories, um, the meanings in this book are, or in the stories in this book, are 100% what? True true, meaning they happened in real life, and the people in the Bible are real people. God's word tells one great story. The story of the Bible is all about the one true God who created everything and loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to save us. That's why the Bible is the most amazing book. No matter how many times you read it, God can always teach you something new. Isn't that amazing? Every time you can sit here and read the Bible, something else may pop out at you and be a lesson to learn or just insight information. You can't go back and read one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish and see something else new, no? But the Bible, you can. So today we're going to learn about delighting in God's word. Just as you get excited about the next book in your favorite series or a new book from the library, we can learn to get excited about God's word and enjoy hearing what he has to say to us. Pray with me. God, thank you for the Bible. We are grateful that you love us so much that you sent your son Jesus, and you tell us all about it in the Bible. Help us to make time for your word and take delight in it. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, all children and youth are dismissed. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And because of that faith that we have in Christ, we dare to approach the throne of God in confidence. Let us together confess our sins against God and neighbor. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Hear the good news, my friends. Christ died for us. Christ rose for each one of us. Christ reigns for us. 
and Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has begun. Know that in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Amen. than a strong cup of coffee right there. Uh, right now, we're just going to pause the worship service. We're going to continue pausing, uh, worshiping the Lord. We're going to pause for a second. Cornell is going to leave this building and get on a plane and travel for 26 hours and go back to his homeland of Romania. He'll be gone for the next couple weeks. He's actually going back to make sure his mom, Lydia, is uh, checked into the Good News Care Facility over in Romania. That sounds like a good place, right? Would you mind just raising, like putting your hand towards, and he's probably a moving target, so you can keep your eyes open as he's, as he's walking. Just kidding, he'll stay put. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we praise you for the talent, the gifts, and uh, the man of God that Cornell is. I pray that you would give him traveling mercies, and I pray that you would uh, work out all the little details that Lydia might Go into this care facility and feel loved and accepted and be reminded um, that she is yours. I pray that you would um, be present. Give Lydia peace through her son, Cornell. And all God's people said, 
Amen. And we can round of applause again. Just so I think that guy's money right there. We got a bunch of Cornell fans in the, in the house, right? Myself included. Now, we're in a series on Romans. And we started with, we're a mess, right? And that was just another lingo, of another way of saying, like, you can try and think your way to heaven. You can try and think your way into the presence of God. You can try and act your way into the presence of God. You can try everything you want, and you can't do it. Because we have inerrant sin and we sin. We mess up. We're a mess. We're broken. And so if we ended there, it would be a very depressing series, right? Anyway, we picked up. What's the good news? There's a new kind of righteousness. And it comes through a, a, a word that starts with F and ends with eighth. Go. Faith. Faith, Faith in what? Faith in Jesus the Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father. And we learned last week that through faith in Jesus, we are justified, we are redeemed, meaning we're set free from the shackles of this world and the slavery of sin and death. We're propitiated. That's a fun one. Meaning, he has taken the penalty. Jesus the Christ took the penalty for all of our wrongdoings. And we've been atoned. We've been made clean. We've been washed. It's good to have Amy back, right? And when she was saying right at the end, like, you're a new creation. That's what this book says. You're a new creation if you're in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And so we're, now, we're in the, now we're in the sweet spot. Now we're learning about excellent grace. I don't know what's wrong with that hearing aid, but we'll pray about it. Lord, I just lift up for that hearing aid, that hearing thing of my body. What was that saying? Oh, we should read some scripture. Well, there's one more thing I needed to say, I think. Nope, that's it. We're going to read about... It's always been faith. Well, that's what the screen before this said. Well, let's read this. Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 13. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherence of the law... Who are to be the heirs? Faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of of all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith. When he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who is handed over to death, 
for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. It's always been faith. Uh, N.T. Wright, uh, a commentator, he tells of um, first times he came over to America. He's from England. He's a British guy. Uh, He came over to America, and he said, you guys are singing the right words, but to the wrong tune. When all the hymns were played, we had all these different tunes that all, like, he, he, it was, it was, did, Susan White, does, do you, do you concur? Yes. <laughs> Our local Brit just said yes, so it's true. Um, N.T. Wright talks about, and it didn't fit, because last week, do you remember I had to cover a lot? Do you remember everybody here? It was it was a lot. It was a lot of theological. You know, like I could still be going. I think and still not do it justice. But and one of the things he it, this was actually about last week's passage. But he was he's saying works of righteousness only work to the tune of faith. If you try and do it, it's not going to work. And that's pretty much the, the, this passage in a nutshell. And it's always been that way. It's always been that way. We've always been in need of grace. There's been no action that we could possibly do. It was all out of our hands. So acts of righteousness to the tune of faith is what this new righteousness is about. And so then, Paul in this section, he brings up Abraham in verse 13. He was promised the world. Is that is that a big promise or a little promise? It's like a, I feel like a preschool teacher, but that's that's so stupid to say. Anyway, it's a huge promise. He's promised the world. I think of, of uh, Lion King. Everything the light touches will someday be yours. Do you remember Edward, uh, James Olmos, Darth Vader's voice, telling Simba that everything the light touches, that times the globe. God is pulling Abraham as a young buck and saying, this is all going to be yours. Fast forward to when he's 100. It's a hard time. Remember, do you remember something somebody told you when you were 13, you know, 14? It's hard, you know, like if, especially if, like, if, imagine being told you're going to inherit the world and then fast forwarding like 90 or so years and realizing I'm really just a janitor still. <laughs> you know, I really, I don't see any of this. I, like, uh, I don't know. In verse 18, it says, Paul writes, He hopes against hope. Read that verse again. I'm just saying that to myself. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations. Hoping against hope. This is actually where that phrase is coined. Did you know that? I didn't know that until I was studying this. Hoping against hope. And it's funny because people who know Greek, this guy named Paul Jewett, He says it probably shouldn't be translated that way. It probably should be hope is trusting. Nope, that isn't it. Beyond hope in hope. It's the positive way of saying it. Paul is is saying that Abraham, beyond hope, he's hoping. I, I had a picture as I read this Paul Jewett guy saying it probably should be translated of all of us going into heaven and Paul saying, I didn't say that. <laughs> How many times now? For now, from here on out, 
Hopefully, you'll be with me. When somebody says, I hope against hope, yeah, you shouldn't say it that way. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyway, that's just a side, side tangent. Um, Jim Wallace, this guy writes, he says, Hope is trusting in God in spite of all the evidence. Then watching the evidence change. Did you follow that? Hope is trusting in God in spite of all the evidence, then watching the evidence change. And you can change that to faith, too. Faith and hope are synonymous in that respect. In preparing for sermons, I usually, Thursdays, if you've ever tried to contact me on a Thursday, I usually have my phone off and I'm preparing for sermons and I'm, and I'm reading and I'm doing my homework and I'm writing sermons, right? Has anybody encountered this in a negative way? Mark, Mark, yep. So just, that's, it's, I'd schedule it and I'd boom. I got it from this guy who teach me, taught me how to be a pastor, a guy named Jeff O'Grady, um, and I, I cherish that time. It's usually one of my favorite times of, of the week. Um, and every once in a while, I read something that I feel like God wrote to me. You probably can, like sometimes, have you, I've been in sermon, like I've been in churches where the pastor is saying stuff and it sounds like he's reading my mail, you know? It sounds like this, this word is straight to me. This happened to me via a commentary on Thursday. And it was Thursday morning, and I read um, a woman with the last name Lancaster wrote this. No wonder so many tasks God calls us to do seem hopeless. Trusting God, though, gives us the hope we need to persevere, glorifying God all the while. I don't know about you, but some things in my life have seemed utterly hopeless. And, I, and I, there's so many times in my life that I could point to and say, okay, that's totally what this is. Um, I remember I was just a couple of years ago, God had moved our family down to uh, Laguna Niguel. And I was working at a recovery ministry, working 60 hours a week, and not seeing my wife or not seeing my kids. And doing great work, but also being drained to, to utter depletion. And I remember uh, several Monday nights where I would, because our worship service was on Monday nights, I would come home and I'm just like, I can't go on like this. I can't do this anymore. I've got nothing to give anybody. And I remember crying out to God, what's next? I could not see anything. I could, I, you, you know, you're in those moments of hopelessness. You can't see light. You can't see the way forward. All you know is just God moved me back from Michigan, and I was missing. I was, we went from a 2.2-acre house to an 800-square-foot apartment in Laguna Niguel. And, we're just, and our dining room table was out on our porch uh, being ruined you know, by every rain thing. And I just remember thinking, There's, this isn't, I'm abandoned. I've listened to the wrong voice or something. This isn't it. But I, even still, God, I am going to go one step forward. I'm going to take one step forward. And then late one Monday night, after I had just preached, and I was about to go into that depletion mode again, I get a phone call, and there Linda's on the other end of the line, and she's the head of the search committee of this church. And she said, 
We'd love to offer you the call to be the pastor of the church where you were married in 20 years ago. We want you, Jay. And it was God saying that through the phone line. And that next day, I opened a letter in the search committee from Muskegon that had started looking for their pastor, and they said, our first thing is to ask if you'll come back. And that was our plan B. If Erlinda said no, I was about to get fired, and I was going to go, okay, we're going to pack up a U-Haul and go back to Muskegon, Michigan. Praise you. <laughs> Praise you, God, for Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Praise you, God, for each and every one of the search committee. And praise God because this goes straight into application. Because I feel like we're being called into the hopelessness. And it started to get rough. Have you noticed? It started to feel like there's people from the COVID stuff. There's people, there's this angst, and there's, there's people peeling off, and there's people getting solidified and it's kind of tumultuous and it's kind of confusing and we're trying to figure out which way to go forward and we're putting things together as we fly but I I am guaranteeing that because God said this to me on Thursday you're supposed to steer this place straight into the hopelessness because that's the only way that I'm going to show up and blow your minds It's the only way that I'm going to show you that I'm bigger than any fear you could possibly imagine. I'm bigger than any anxiety that you could possibly feel. I'm bigger than it. I was there when Abraham, he's 100 years old, ladies and gentlemen. What do you say if you're a doctor? And I'm trying to have a kid. (laughs) I'm trying to have a kid. The doctor will... shun you and put you outside the medical office and say, no, you're not. That time has passed, my friend. The time hasn't passed, my friend. And who gets the last laugh? God, because he names the kid laughter. Right? Isaac means laughter. (laughs) You guys thought I couldn't do it. (laughs) I'm going to make this man, Abraham, thousands of years later, I'm going to start a song, and if you know it, sing it with me. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right foot, left foot, Father Abraham had many daughters, many daughters had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right? I don't think we make a big enough deal about Abraham as Christians. He's the father of us all. That's what Paul says. When's the last time you even thought about Abraham? It's his faith that we inherit. It's his faith that we're called to. It's always been to the tune of faith. Application. This is a a quote from Lancaster. If being counted righteous makes us heirs of God's rule, it also calls us to live according to the rule that is our inheritance. What she's saying, she's saying, works to the king in the tune of faith. We're called to, we're not only saved from and justified, we're called to Jesus the King, the justifier and the saver and the the atoner. We're called to him and called to his reign and his rule in our life. The same way that Abraham was called to the acts of righteousness, it was always the call to get the righteousness from the king through faith. And then second application, do we share the faith of Abraham? And that's a, that you can take that share a couple ways. Do we share? Do, oh, do we have a faith like Abraham? And the lights are getting low and it feels like it's not going to work out. 
Do we have that faith, that truth, that in the midst of the impossible, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had to be called out of the fire because that's where the faith was being displayed, right? Do we have that faith? Do we share it? And do you share it? When's the last time you shared with somebody how free it is to have faith in Jesus and not have to worry about where you're going after you die? I did a memorial service yesterday uh, for uh, Tim Anderson. He went to be with the Lord on August 28th. And uh, he was a member of the AA, and he was um, very vocal. He wouldn't mind me sharing his public story because he was all about it. And it was so impactful that the open share time, that's exactly what it was. It was sharing about the faith. It was sharing about faith that got Tim 15 years of sobriety. We need to learn so much from that community. Amen? We need to be way quicker to share about the faith that saved my hide from Laguna Niguel and moved me up here, right? That's probably the first time that's ever been said in a sentence, (laughs) right? Everybody dreams of South County. No, I do not. Anyway, that's that's another sermon. Let's continue in worship, but as we... As we sing this this next song, and you can stay seated, um, reflect on where, where and when you were when God has pulled through when you didn't think he would. And praise him for those moments. And pray for some boldness to share those moments with the people in your life. spirit moment, right? That's the right song. Once again, flowing straight through Sharon. P.S. I love having Amy and Sharon back. I just, I, just, I don't know. This is gold. Um, one of those hopeless, it, it, our tithing is a little down, just a heads up, but I think that's some of our tithers have moved away and some, you know, there's just some tumultuous, but I see this text And I know a God that sees me, and he sees us. And God's going to pull us straight through this impossible. And I'm grateful to God for each and every one of you, and I'm praising God that he's been taking care. We've had very little covid breaking us and pulling us out. 
And I'm, I, I know that's the protection of our Father. Um, we continue in worship, and we do so by giving back just a portion of what he's given to us so graciously and so abundantly. Um, for those that are listening on the podcast, you uh, mail your gifts and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And then for those of us that are here, there's an offering plate that'll be in the back. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. Because we do love one another, we take this time to come before the throne of grace and make our requests known on their behalf. Would you pray with me? Lord God, with your Son, you made heaven and earth. And through him, you continue to accomplish your purpose for creation. Make us witnesses to your truth and instruments of your peace, that all may know you are the God of justice and trust your holy name. Hear us as we offer our petitions and seek your grace as we travel on faith's journey. We thank you that you call and name us Christians in Christ's church. Make us worthy servants in his name. Empower us by your spirit so that we can witness to your commandment, your reconciliation, your righteousness, and your peace. Bless and encourage all who invest themselves in your work through the church visiting the sick and aged, teaching classes, maintaining the property, answering phones, keeping accounts, paying the bills, making music, and doing committee work. Touch each of us to reach out and be a part of the ministry of this church. Hear the cries of the world's hungry and suffering, Give us who have such abundance the desire and the ability to make a difference in the world around us. Give aid to the people of Haiti 
and Afghanistan and throughout our nation where people are suffering. Comfort and relieve, O Lord, all who are in trouble, sorrow, grief, or any other need, especially those known to us and those whom we now name in silence. Heal them in body, mind, or spirit, working in them and for them wonders beyond their hopes and dreams. We pray for Patty Ernest that you work with her doctors to provide diagnoses and healing treatments and bring her relief. We pray for Elsie's daughter, Lonnie, that you may give her the medical care that she needs. And we continue to pray for healing for Karen Almanza, Keith Coslin, and others. We pray for all who are suffering from COVID and pray that the numbers of those infected continue to decrease and the disease be brought under control. We ask that you give traveling mercies to Cornell as he heads to Romania to arrange care for his mother. Help him to safely travel and to accomplish his goals for his mother's care. We pray for his mother, Lydia, that she will be comfortably settled and in safe hands. Comfort those who sorrow. Dry their tears and lift their eyes to eternity and the reunion waiting there. We pray today for Debbie and Dusty Slabaugh as they grieve the death of Debbie's brother. Hold them close and comfort them. Be with Phyllis Smith's family and friends as her life is celebrated on Saturday and she is laid to rest. We ask for comfort and peace for them. Come to us, O Christ, in this hour of worship. Send forth fresh courage to us and then send us forth in full confidence to do your will through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand for our final hymn, which really touches on the foundation of our lives.
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, may it be so. Amen.